It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When the first greetings were over, luncheon was announced and while they were eating not a word was said about Mr. Crawley. The ladies of the family were not present, and the five clergymen sat round the table alone. It would have been difficult to have got together five gentlemen less likely to act with one mind and one spirit, and perhaps it was all the better for Mr. Crawley that it should be so. Dr. Tempest himself was a man peculiarly capable of exercising the functions of a judge in such a matter, had he sat alone as a judge, but he was one who would be almost sure to differ from others who sat as equal assessors with him. Mr. Oriel was a gentleman at all points, but he was very shy, very reticent, and altogether uninstructed in the ordinary daily intercourse of man with man. Any one knowing him might have predicted of him that he would be sure on such an occasion as this to be found floundering in a sea of doubts. Mr. Quiverful was the father of a large family, whose whole life had been devoted to fighting a cruel world on behalf of his wife and children. That fight he had fought bravely, but it had left him no energy for any other business. Mr. Thumble was a poor creature, so poor a creature that, in spite of a small restless ambition to be doing something, he was almost cowed by the hard lines of Dr. Tempest's brow. The Reverend Mark Robarts was a man of the world and a clever fellow, and did not stand in awe of anybody, unless it might be, in a very moderate degree, of his patrons, the Luftons whom he was bound to respect. But his cleverness was not the cleverness needed by a judge. He was essentially a partisan, and would be sure to vote against the bishop in such a matter as this now before him. There was a palace faction in the diocese and an anti-palace faction. Mr. Thumble and Mr. Quiverful belonged to one, and Mr. Oriel and Mr. Robarts to the other. Mr. Thumble was too weak to stick to his faction against the strength of such a man as Dr. Tempest. Mr. Quiverful would be too indifferent to do so, unless his interests were concerned. Mr. Oriel would be too conscientious to regard his own side on such an occasion as this, but Mark Robarts would be sure to support his friends and oppose his enemies, let the case be what it might." 
"'Now, gentlemen, if you please, we will go into the other room,' said Dr. Tempest. They went into the other room, and there they found five chairs arranged for them round the table. Not a word had as yet been said about Mr. Crawley, and no one of the four strangers knew whether Mr. Crawley was to appear before them on that day or not. "'Gentlemen,' said Dr. Tempest, seating himself at once, in an armchair placed at the middle of the table, "'I think it will be well to explain to you at first what, as I regard the matter, is the extent of the work which we are called upon to perform. It is of its nature very disagreeable.' It cannot but be so, let it be ever so limited. Here is a brother clergyman and a gentleman, living among us, and doing his duty, as we are told, in a most exemplary manner, and suddenly we hear that he is accused of a theft. The matter is brought before the magistrates, of whom I myself was one, and he was committed for trial. There is, therefore, prima facie evidence of his guilt." but I do not think that we need to go into the question of his guilt at all. When he said this, the other four all looked up at him in astonishment. "'I thought that we had been summoned here for that purpose,' said Mr. Robarts. "'Not at all, as I take it,' said the doctor. "'Were we to commence any such inquiry, the jury would have given their verdict before we could come to any conclusion.' and it would be impossible for us to oppose that verdict, whether it declares this unfortunate gentleman to be innocent or to be guilty. If the jury shall say that he is innocent, there is an end of the matter altogether. He would go back to his parish amidst the sympathy and congratulations of his friends. That is what we should all wish. "'Of course it is,' said Mr. Robarts. They all declared that that was their desire, as a matter of course.' and Mr. Thumble said it louder than anyone else. "'But if he be found guilty, then will come that difficulty to the bishop in which we are bound to give him any assistance within our power.' "'Of course we are,' said Mr. Thumble, who, having heard his own voice once, and having liked the sound, thought that he might creep into a little importance by using it on any occasion that opened itself for him. "'If you will allow me, sir, I will venture to state my views as shortly as I can,' said Dr. Tempest. "'That may perhaps be the most expeditious course for us all, in the end.' "'Oh, certainly,' said Mr. Thumble. "'I didn't mean to interrupt.' "'In the case of his being found guilty,' continued the doctor, "'there will arise the question whether the punishment awarded to him by the judge should suffice for ecclesiastical purposes.' Suppose, for instance, that he should be imprisoned for two months, should he be allowed to return to his living at the expiration of that term? I think he ought, said Mr. Robarts, considering all things. I don't see why he shouldn't, said Mr. Quiverful. Mr. Oriel sat listening patiently, and Mr. Thumble looked up to the doctor, expecting to hear some opinion expressed by him with which he might coincide. "'There certainly are reasons why he should not,' said Dr. Tempest, "'though I by no means say that those reasons are conclusive in the present case. "'In the first place, a man who has stolen money "'can hardly be a fitting person to teach others not to steal.' "'You must look to the circumstances,' said Robarts. 
"'Yes, that is true. But just bear with me a moment. It cannot at any rate be thought that a clergyman should come out of prison and go to his living without any notice from his bishop, simply because he has already been punished under the common law. If this were so, a clergyman might be fined ten days running for being drunk in the street, five shillings each time, and at the end of that time might set his bishop at defiance.' When a clergyman has shown himself to be utterly unfit for clerical duties, he must not be held to be protected from ecclesiastical censure or from deprivation by the action of the common law. "'But Mr. Crawley has not shown himself to be unfit,' said Robarts. "'That is begging the question, Robarts,' said the doctor. "'Just so,' said Mr. Thumble. Then Mr. Robarts gave a look at Mr. Thumble, and Mr. Thumble retired into his shoes. "'That is the question as to which we are called upon to advise the bishop,' continued Dr. Tempest. "'And I must say that I think the bishop is right. If he were to allow the matter to pass without notice, that is to say in the event of Mr. Crawley being pronounced to be guilty by a jury, he would, I think, neglect his duty. Now I have been informed that the bishop has recommended Mr. Crawley to desist from his duties till the trial be over, and that Mr. Crawley has declined to take the bishop's advice. "'That is true,' said Mr. Thumble. "'He altogether disregarded the bishop.' "'I cannot say that I think he was wrong,' said Dr. Tempest. "'I think he was quite right,' said Mr. Robarts. "'A bishop?'